Hi everyone, welcome to the Equip and Elevate podcast. This is a place where we want to help women to cultivate the courage to own their purpose, own their journeys and own their success. I'm your host, Ayanda Vanna, and each episode I'll be bringing you conversations with some dynamic and bold women. My goal is that through inspired conversations, you'll gain a new perspective and tools to thrive in your personal journeys, businesses and careers, and most importantly, to live a life of purpose and passion. Thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. Welcome to another episode of Equip and Elevate. We are in season two. I am so excited about today's conversation. I have Zoe. You guys probably know her. You love her. Everyone, actually, this is a Zoe-inspired outfit. So if you're listening to the podcast on your way to work, when you get home, make sure you go on YouTube and check out my outfit, guys. I work so hard. I hope you can see the whole fit. I'll even like show you some of my... Woo. Heels that I wore <laughs> just to make sure that I align with her brand. Let me introduce the beautiful and amazing Zoe. You guys probably know her as a content creator, not just any content creator, but a fashion, and she's also doing beauty. But not only is she that, she's also a public relations and brand management specialist. So I'm really excited to tap into that space, especially for small businesses where you're sitting there and you're like, I don't have a PR budget. What can I do with my small budget that I have? But anyway, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Ayanda. I am so excited to have you because like we have a mutual like friend. Well, not friend. He's my friend. He's your nephew. Mm -hmm. And I love him so much. And I think <laughs> I when you love him so much. <laughs> and when you walked in, I had the same energy when yeah. I met his mom with him. And I'm just like this warm energy. So I'm really excited to get to know you a bit more. And I think... You know, we always see you on social media, you know, put together your Dior's, your amazing looks. And I think just engaging with you, I'm like, you wow, there's so much to, to get to know from you. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. Well, it's lovely to meet you. Nice lovely to, meet to finally you. meet you. Yeah. I, I always see you on Yamgela's profile and he's literally one of my favorite people on earth. And I'm looking forward to getting to know you as well. Yeah. Oh, and I think, Yami, if you're listening to this, you are the Of course he's listening. <laughs> he has to listen. He has to. <laughs> he doesn't have a choice. <laughs> I think to get started, I always like going back to your childhood. Yeah. I want to know like about who is Zoe? Like, what are those key values that have shaped you? You can tell me about your childhood, your schooling. Um, I always find it so interesting to see the progression yes. from you as a seven-year-old girl to you being now, you know. So you can take us back to where you come from, who you are, and yeah. all of that. So I am Zovuyo. Um, that's actually my real name. Yeah. Um, but I just go by Zoe. Um, uh, I was born and raised in Tengane, which is a small town just outside of Batoweth in the Eastern Cape. Sure. Yeah. I went to school in the Eastern Cape, guys. What? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Where? Like Rhodes for varsity. You went to Rhodes? Yeah. Oh, is that where you and Yamgela yeah, met? Yeah, that's okay, where we right. met. That yeah. makes a lot it's of a sense. It's a very different, <laughs> very um, peaceful, I guess, Eastern Cape. Would you say that? Peaceful? Yeah, I guess. I okay. Guess, um, I mean, there's quite a lot that yeah. happens mm. that I wouldn't really deem as peaceful. Um, but it, it it can be serene. I was recently there um, during the month of July. Yeah. Um, there is quite a lot of stillness. Mm. Um, but obviously, 
the reality of everything that happens and comes with life can maybe still from that peace. Yeah. But it is quite serene, I yeah. could say. Yeah. But born and raised in Kandane, that's where my mom is from. Yeah. And my dad is from Engobo, hmm. which is actually how Yamgela and I are related. So he's my nephew from my dad's side. Oh. Yeah. So his mom is my sister from yes. my dad's side. And um, I went to school for the first eight years of my life um, in Kandane um, at Kuna JSS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, um, when I went home um, with my fiance, um, I think in, I think about three weeks back, yeah, I showed him my school and yeah. we took pictures. He went inside, and it was just surreal, you know, just having him experience me in yeah. that manner because I think he knows me as Zoe from Port Elizabeth because yes. eventually we moved to PE oh. and that's where I did um, the rest of my schooling days. Um, but it was quite something, man, just, you know, seeing where it all started mm. for me and just seeing the progression, as you call it, mm. and where I am today, mm. you know. And I think that's a Zoe that a lot of people haven't been privy to. So I think I've also been starting to really open up about my background yeah. and where I come from. Um, people see this, this glitzy, glamorous doll. Um, on the internet, but they do not know, you know, how and where it started for me. Mm. Um, so I grew up with my grandparents who are both late. Um, but, you know, I was just always surrounded by so much love. My grandmother spoiled me. Um, I love <laughs> She spoiled me. She treated me like an egg. Yeah. Um, I was raised with so much softness. And I think um, anyone that has experienced me as an adult will always know that, oh my gosh, Zoe, you're so lazy, you're so spoiled. You always <laughs> expect people to do everything for you. Like my fiance always complains because I'll be like, oh babe, can you please bring me this? Please do this for me. And it's just like, oh my gosh, your grandmother, what did she do to you? You know, <laughs> and I, I love it. You mm. know, um, I think it's one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. And that's how also I'm able to know when situations are good for me. I know what it is like to be loved and taken care of. Sure. Yeah. So and I know to expect that, you know, yeah. from the people around me. Mm. So I think in a nutshell that's, you know, who I am and mm. that's how I was raised. And you asked something about values. Yeah, Kiv does have shaped you. I mean I already you've spoken about right now that you grew up with so much love and Definitely. care that it's you're not about to take in energy that does not align with that. that. Yeah, yeah, align definitely. with that. What else would you say have been the key values for you? I would say kindness. Oh, um, that's a good one. Kindness is so important to me. And that's evident. Like, I yeah. think even <laughs> when you walked in, you were engaging. And I was just like, I think that's evident because... I think yeah. you also walk with that in you. And I, I think that's so much kind yeah, energy. Because yeah. I was just like, why is it consistent? Yeah, me, your, you know, your, your sister. And yeah. like, you guys have that energy. So that makes sense that it was something that you learned from home. Definitely. Um, and I'm fortunate enough to also get it in return. Mm. Because I think I, that's what I put out mm. there. Um, I would also say integrity. Mm. Um I do not care to get ahead or 
you know, be at the top, if it means that I have to compromise who I am, if it means I have to lie, cheat still, if it means I have to break the law, if it means I have to gatekeep or, you know, back or backstab mm -hmm. um, in order to get what I want. Mm -hmm. If it means that I have to do all those things, then I do not want it. Yeah. So integrity is very important to me. And lastly, I would say consistency. Mm. Um, I think anyone that knows me will know that I'm consistent in my energy. I'm consistent in my work. I'm consistent in everything that I put out there. I've been the same Zoe, you know, since I was a child, since I was in varsity, you know, since, you know, I started working. And um, I think I'm still the, you know, the, that person even today. So consistency is something that has shaped me um, to be who I am. Mm, yeah. I love that. I want to go back to your consistency. When did the fashion bug bite you? When, were you like at seven when Zoe, that fashionista walking in with pink leggings <laughs> and everyone is like, what is happening? We don't know, you know. Definitely. Yeah. I was one of those girls that has that had those cute, um, you know, uh, lace socks with yeah. like bows and everything. I loved pink. Um, I was fortunate enough to have my mom working in Cape Town whilst I was living with my gran. So she would shop and buy all those nice things for me um, and obviously bring them back whenever she came to visit us. And um, my grandmother really instilled this value of dressing up when we go to church. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it started for me. I really was one of those kids that had the best and cutest dresses and sweaters and cardigans. I really was a doll since day one. I don't think it's something that I picked up along the way. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, you've been saying that this jacket, so guys, if you yeah. like listening to this, when you get a chance, go on YouTube, this jacket was your mom's jacket. Like, yes. I mean, it's, it also may, it seems that your mom was also very into fashion. She was. She was, she was really stylish. Um, yeah. And I think that's why she would, you know, pour her everything into picking out all these cute outfits for me. Um, but she was a well-dressed um, lady. And when I was home now in July, I actually bumped into this houndstooth jacket. Um, a cousin of mine was actually wearing it at my grandmother's unveiling. And I was like, girl, you're taking this off. <laughs> I am taking this. I will e-wallet you money, you know, because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not selfish like that, yeah. you know. But I was just like, you know what, I need this jacket. And it so happened that it did belong to my mom when she was in her 20s and I am obsessed. People will be seeing it all over my Instagram. Very I love soon. it. I'm obsessed. I actually <laughs> thought, like, what did you, what did you buy that? Because I'm like, it looks like something that I would wear, right? something that I would want to introduce right? into the my shoulders. It's it's amazing. Yeah. I love it. I'm so obsessed with it. It's yeah. amazing. What would you just going back to your grandmother, your mom? Who would you say is your fashion icon? I know this is not part of the questions. <laughs> just to throw it out there, well, who's your fashion icon? Or someone that you look up to when it comes to fashion? Um, outside of my mom and my gran? Yes. Okay. Oh, anyone. It could even be like, I would even say two, because it is a tricky one. It's very tricky. Um, I think, obviously, because of exposure, mm. um, I would say it was my mom, because I was obviously exposed to her um, very early on. I could see um, how she carried herself and how she dressed herself. Um, but obviously, once I started consuming media um, and my 
um, exposure to fashion was um, widened, I would say it has to be Princess Diana. Oh, really? Princess Diana till this day. Sure. Till this day. I don't think anyone comes close to, you know, the lady, um, the daintiness um, and the preppiness of her outfits. I love that. Princess Diana. I love it. And I can actually see in some of the outfits that you wear. Um, even the polka dots. I yeah. think that's where I picked up my love and for I, polka. Even this jacket is so like... Right? Like Princess Diana mm. in the early 90s or late 80s. 100%. And That's just, my goal. Your goal. Yeah, that's my goal. <laughs> I feel like you're really doing amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, what would you say when you wanted to... When you were growing up, what did you want to be? Um, I wanted to become a fashion designer. Really? Yes. Since high school. Yeah. I think that's when I started thinking about my future. And I was very much into um, drawing and sketching. I remember I even sketched my matric dance dress. But, um, I mean, the type of school I went to, you know, it was a township school. So it's not like we had art classes where I could really explore that creative mm. side um, to me. But um, obviously that was not an option for me. I didn't really know enough about the industry as well um, because of lack of exposure. So I then went on to study IT. So that's how I yes. ended up studying IT. But also it was pressure from, you know, my dad and everyone, you, mm. know, you know, I come from a very well-educated family. So they're very like, blah, blah, blah. you go to school, you go to university, you either study, you know, medicine, medicine yes. or accounting. <laughs> you know. So um, fashion was not even um, on the table for me. But once I, you know, got more exposed, you know, I was in varsity, I was learning about all these different um, departments, you know, there were people that were studying public relations that I had never even mm. heard about by the time I was doing um, my first year and so on. Um, but once I realized that hmm, maybe I don't really want to make clothes myself, maybe I could work for a fashion publication yes so at the time l magazine was a thing i wanted to i wanted to work for l with everything in me um yeah so i think between fashion and media hmm. that's where i saw myself and then that's you know, basically where you are, where in somehow, somehow some, PR yes. landed me in the middle yeah. of that, yeah. I would say. I think that's what ultimately um, encouraged me encouraged me to pursue public relations. Mm. So yeah. talking about that, maybe can you take us through your career journey? So you studied IT, you find yourself in PR. Um, maybe you can just take us from... When you started, you can also show your entrepreneurial journey because yeah. you did also tap into that yes. just to show that journey. Because I always find it fascinating. I mean, I'm an attorney by profession, but I'm in the tech space doing something completely different, different from what yeah. I study. Yeah. I still am the lawyer, so they mustn't, you know, not remove that <laughs> in, the, in, yeah. the, in the company. Yeah. But how, take us to your career journey and how you've progressed in all of that. Sure, it's been quite colorful <laughs> that's what I like to call it yeah. colorful um, so I didn't complete my IT qualification I gave up 
in third year I think the second round of my third year project I was just like oh my gosh this thing is so difficult I found programming to be so difficult it is though <laughs> it, it, it is right it is uh, you know what I, I don't know how people do it and there are people that are so brilliant at and it they're passionate. and they excel I think the passion You're, is what I let yeah I don't think um, it was difficult because I'm stupid I think we can all agree that I'm far from that yeah but I think I let the passion and the drive to really invest my time in it mm. I hated coding I hated spending time in the computer labs. I would spend the time, yes, but I was definitely Googling Rihanna's outfits. <laughs> I was definitely Googling Paris Hilton and her new bestie. They're in the I love what it. are they doing? Where are they vacationing? Which yacht are they riding on? That was mostly what I was interested in. So eventually I felt like, no, man, I feel like my life is at a standstill and uh, at the time, I was about 22 when I made the decision to drop out. And um, another thing that worked in my favor was that I studied quite young. So mm. I did my first year, 15, going on 16. <laughs> sure. So, that yeah. So you were 15 when you started first year? Yeah. I was 15, so... How was that, navigating, like, being 15 in varsity? It was hell. I think at that time, um, when I was obviously trying to adjust, um, because I was also living without my mom for the first time, I met Rose, um, trying to adjust and and living with all these kids that went to these fancy schools. Mm. Um, There's the bullying that comes with your accent. There's this, there's that. And, you know, you are studying IT, majoring in programming with people that had been studying IT since high school. Mm. And you're still trying to navigate, you know, Microsoft Word, how to type, how you know, how yeah. to work around fonts. It was hell. Um, and because I was still immature, I didn't know what it was. And I think I didn't know how to handle it. But obviously, I held on. I made it to third year, um, and I think I was doing relatively well considering, Mm. um, but the third year project was hell for me. (laughs) I think I just could, I found it to be so difficult, Mm. but eventually, you know, I spoke to my mom. I was like, mom, I don't think this IT thing is for me. It is extremely hard, and I think I'm ready to move on to something else. Thankfully, my mom is very supportive um, and she's always on board. Like, whatever it is, oh, my goal, it. let me know. You've got my love and support. And at the time, I really didn't know what it is that I wanted to do. So I think I took a year mm-hmm. to just try and figure out how and what it is mm-hmm. that I need to do with my life. And I think that's when I thought, you know what? Perhaps I can still get into fashion without being a designer um, through PR because Mm -hmm. then PR can land me, you know, in different um, spaces. I can become a fashion writer. I can become um, a fashion journalist. I can work for Elle magazine. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, I can become a stylist. There's all these different things, right, that I could possibly do. After a year, I then enrolled for PR. But now at this time, I'm 23, about to turn 24. I'm just like, okay, maybe I am 
older to just be focusing on um, my studies, I then thought, let me apply for an internship so that whilst I study PR mm-hmm. part-time, I do something with my life. Because yeah. now I'm about to turn 25. There's an expectation to not be supported by my mom. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think her medical aid was also about to kick me out. <sighs> so I have to be a grown-up. Yeah. So I thought, let me actually get a job. But I knew that I wanted to get a job that would um, be aligned to my new PR journey. Mm. So um, I then started applying for internships in Johannesburg. And at the time, obviously, I was in PE. Are you still in PE at this time? Yeah, I'm still in PE. Started applying. And I sent out maybe 10 or so applications Hmm. and i only got one response and that response led to an interview and my mom booked me the flights and fortunately enough for me i also had family in johannesburg so i could stay with family and um, they could support me through the interview process whilst i waited for the results as well because they also took about a month to get back to me mm. and I was not hearing from them and I remember my mom was like girl should I book your flights back home because you can't just be in Joburg doing nothing mm. and I remember thinking okay cool just before you book the flights let me just send one last email to these people and I remember after I emailed them they said oh yeah we actually forgot to get back to you <laughs> Are you able to come and start on Monday? Sure. So that's how I got into PR. So I started in that um, internship and I think three months in, they promoted me into PR assistant. Sure. Six months later, I was an account manager and that was 11 years ago. Sure. And as they say, the rest is history. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what would you say have been some of your hurdles um, in your career? Or you could even say personal life. And how did you persist during those hurdles? I would say a lot, actually. Yeah. I think just, you know, yeah, where do I even begin? <laughs> it's a tough one. I would say, um, firstly, I've been very fortunate enough um, with the opportunities that I've had. So... I've been very lucky in terms of moving from one job, being pushed to join another one, being pushed. So I'm always being approached to join mm-hmm. um, companies. I haven't really struggled when it comes to landing jobs mm-hmm. um, in my PR career. So that's a blessing on its own. Um, but I think just, you know, challenges um, around, you know, the sometimes a lack of kindness on the other side Mm. like I said kindness is something that is very um, important for me I'm very big on receiving it Um, there's been moments where it's either clients that are just so unkind to the point that it breaks your confidence and you start doubting yourself Mm. Um, that has been something that I've battled with um, you know throughout my career and um, I think on a personal level I would say loss. Mm -hmm. I think that has been, you know, one of the biggest shocks to my system as to how painful loss can be. And it's so crippling, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think the biggest losses um, have been 
both my brothers and my grandmother. Sure. That has so been, sorry. yeah, <laughs> that has been, you know, something that I've been battling with getting past and obviously still trying to maintain a career, trying to maintain relationships, mm -hmm. trying to maintain, you know, my social media life um, and career as well. Yeah, I think those two things. And um, lastly, yes, let me not forget this one, you know, just the... I don't know what to call it, but there's sometimes you get judged when you are in my career and you're also a social media content creator. Mm. Um, people tend to not take you seriously because there's this tendency in South Africa to not take content creators seriously. Yeah. Um, there's a stigma around um, content creators, which I do not know where it comes from. But um, I have been in situations where people assume me to be um, this woman who is not smart just because of who I am on social media, mm. um, which I find to be unfair yeah. and utterly disrespectful. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so I think those three stand out the most. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just thinking even having to navigate that. And one thing I've seen and what you've said, what's been consistent is the kindness element. Yeah. And I think even in the flowing of how people respond or respect, mm. you know, people's different professions, yeah. you know, are we being kind to people? Yeah. And I think that's so important. And I really hope like there's been so many new faces in the digital space yes. that I really hope that it changes perceptions of what the role of social media is playing and also the it as a profession and as a career. And I think we're starting to see a lot of that change we with, are, with we a are. lot of new people on the rise, making waves, making waves for a lot of us. But I think just before we get into the next part of this, into the, the conversation, I actually wanted to find out how did you get into social media and content creation? Because me, <laughs> when I was on social media, you were already on social media. So yeah. how did that like, we always say like they are the originals. I feel yeah. like you are part of the original people that I feel like have still maintained that social media you know consistency and all of that and people still engage how did you get into it so i got into it because it was a thing everyone had a phone everyone had social media right hmm. so i think we started off um with facebook and um then moved on to twitter and instagram and i think for me uh you know i'm big on being myself so whether I'm at the office, whether I'm at the mall, whether, you know, I could be anywhere. Mm. I'll always be Zoe. So even at the office, I would dress up, you yeah. know, I would show up. Um, and obviously there's all the social media networks. You take a picture, you put it up. So it's really that simple. That's how I started. And people just, you know, started, uh, you know, getting on board and following me. And they just enjoyed what I represented, mm. I guess. And yeah, there wasn't really any strategy yeah. behind, you know, starting out. Yeah. Um, I know I'm a strategist, but there really was no strategy behind me becoming a content creator. I really just, you know, used what was at my disposal. And I love documenting my life. Mm -hmm. I'm a storyteller by profession. So that's who I am. Yeah. Uh, it's really about documenting my life. This is who I am at, at the office. This is what I'm wearing today. Mm. And literally, that's how it started. And then, obviously, 
as these platforms started evolving, um, I then also then started strategizing around how I evolve my storytelling. Now sure. reels are a thing. That's then when I started also thinking, okay, cool, maybe let me, you know, take it up a notch. Yeah, I love <laughs> yeah. I love your reels. They are so amazing. Thank you. I have so much fun with reels. Yeah, I they, love them. They always like different. I always love my goodness. Yeah. Like you to conceptualize that. I'm like it's uh, so much work. <laughs> I can't imagine. It's exhausting. <laughs> Creating reels is so much work, guys. And I know like a lot of my followers will DM me, Zoe, please create a reel. I'm just like, guys, I wish you knew how much work yeah. it is to create reels. It's and I not think- easy. Especially when you have a job as well, because I have a nine to five, so I can only create content perhaps um, on weekends or after work, Um, but for paid campaigns, depending on the um, posting schedule, sometimes I'm forced to um, create content um, before I even go to the office. Mm. Yeah, so it's actually quite crazy. Yeah, I mean, I shoot on weekends because I have a nine to five. And I tell campaign managers, I'm like, if it's out, I, I don't expect superhero yeah, During things. the week, it's, it's, it's impossible. Like, it's impossible, yeah, It's impossible. Know. But I also do have um, a very understanding um, and supportive boss. Okay. Um, so, and I also think it's because of my work ethic. So you trust me. So I'm able to say, listen, I may need to leave early at this time, but you'll get whatever you needed from me at this time. So I'm not shy um, mm. of, leaving the office at 2 p.m., quickly going to create something because I know that at 8 p.m. until 4 a.m., I can be able to work on whatever it is that I mm. needed to deliver for my boss. Mm. So it really is also about um, establishing the trust between yourself and your line manager and um, not compromising on the job that pays you. I think I want to get into, this is the public relations and, ma- and brand management um, sort of, your expertise in that space. Yeah. So we do have a lot of like business owners who are sitting there and saying, I know a PR strat is important for my business, but I can't afford to do that. One, I'll start with, why would you say public relations is important for a business? And how can a small business build an effective PR strategy with a limited budget? So for them, it's like, I think one thing that I learned, um, so we have to attend these ex- programs and we were told that Marketing and PR are two different things. Sometimes you feel like you, you're doing PR, but you think you're doing marketing. Yeah. And we had to learn to distinguish that between those two. Yeah. So maybe like, we can go back and say, why is it important? What effective ways can a small own business owner say, I have a limited budget, but I don't know how to build an effective PR strategy for my business? So I think for me, um, we need to first understand what PR is. Um, I think there are... Um, a lot of misconceptions around what public relations is. Um, I like to call PR the art of convincing. Okay. I love so, that. The art of convincing. Yeah, it's I love the that. art of convincing, convincing your stakeholders um, to take a particular action. So it's either you are convincing Glamour magazine to feature your fashion brand. I'm just making an example. Mm. Or you are convincing Ayanda to buy your lipstick. Mm. So that is the convincing um, component of PR. So that's what it essentially is. 
Um, why is it important? I think um, it really is important because a particular action has to be taken mm. in favor of your business one. So you do it because you want people to do something, right? So it will always be important to communicate um, and build a relationship mm. with your audience um, in order to convince them to buy, buy mm. or book you or whatever it is that your business is about. Um, so really, you know, using PR and its tools to build a reputation um, that people will be, you know, attracted to in order to take that action is very important. Mm. Yeah. So it's really is, um, oh, it really is about um, creating that awareness um, to make sure that people take a particular action. Yeah. Mm. I love that. And then what would you say, if I have a limited budget, I'm a small business owner, I have this budget and I need to build this PR strategy, but I can't afford like a... a yeah. What would you say? How? What are some tips would you give someone in that situation? So, guys, it's to what? What year are we in? Twenty twenty-two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. PR has evolved. Yeah. You know, you don't necessarily need a glamour feature um, in twenty twenty-two to have an effective PR strat. It has evolved um, thanks to the spike in you know the growth of um, the internet age. We have social media to communicate directly with our audience. Mm. We have social media to build this relationship that I mentioned earlier on. We have social media to convince people to believe in our businesses. So I really do believe that, um, you know, there's so much information at our disposal um, in 2022, we have so much access um, and power to really convince these people on a direct, um, at a direct level. So empower yourself. There's so many free online courses around this that you can take on as a business owner. Um, and it really is so easy to do this um, on your own when you're still growing your business because it really wouldn't make sense to go and hire a PR agency, a PR specialist when you're still trying um, to establish your business. So go out there, um, equip yourself with the necessary skills. Um, there are so many um, you know, courses around how to build a communication model, how to um, creatively um, connect with your audience using social media. Mm. yeah i love that i think people so anyone that's listening be intentional about your social media platforms and also equip and equip yourself if you cannot afford to hire or work with the pr agency you yeah. can actually do it yourself through you can. equipping and being intentional about your social media pages and i think sometimes small businesses tend to neglect that they do there's so there's always an opportunity to upskill yourself mm. um i think that's what i like about what the internet is and what it has done for um, people that are not quite there yet. Um, so go on the internet, um, do your research, and um, 
establish your brand um, on social media. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, if there's anything to be learned from how the Kardashians built their brands, it's through social media. Mm. Literally. Um, I remember when Kylie was still starting out with her brand, she would literally put up um, a lipstick and ask her audience to help her choose a shade and whatever shade got the most votes would be the next drop. And I've seen um, Gorgeous Bali mm. sort of, you know, follow um, that similar strat. So it can be done. You don't necessarily um, need to complicate it, especially when you're starting out. Social media is your goal. Sure. Yeah. I love that. I mean, you spoke about brand now. I wanted to, sometimes people are always saying, do I need to have a brand identity what would you say, why is a brand identity important and how can one define and define it if they feel like they don't really have a brand identity? Well, firstly, let's define a brand identity. These are words that I used <laughs> and I'm just like, people are like sitting there like, oh my goodness, I'm just selling uh, sweaters. I didn't yeah. know I have to have a brand identity. So I think having a brand identity is very crucial. It's what sets you apart from the next brand. Mm-hmm. So half the time when you start a business, it probably has been done before, but what will make you stand out is your unique selling point. So having a brand identity are those, you know, qualities that, you know, separate you from what is already out there or what is to come. Mm. So um, it's your tonality. What does your brand sound like? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Um, it's the visual representation. What is your logo um, what are your brand colors um, and so on mm. so those are the things that you have to sit down you have to unpack for yourself um, and what does your brand stand for what mm. will it be remembered for so it's beyond just you know a lipstick but it's a, a, a lipstick that can empower a woman to go out there and face the world type of situation so those types of cues start coming out but you have to think about it because it's very important it's what sets you apart from the rest Mm, i love that i think anyone here taking take tips take tips um, (laughs) i think sometimes we can get lost yeah it's something that we take for granted we take for granted Um, yeah yeah but that's what people grab onto and they support the the brand identity i guess more than what you are offering 100 percent. people support substance people support values um and it's very important to make sure that you have those particularly if you're looking for longevity um a lot of people obviously uh will start a business because maybe it's trendy to do so mm-hmm. and they don't see it becoming a legacy brand but if you see this as something that you know can span generations you know and hundreds and hundreds of years then you have to have to um, factor in a brand identity hmm. i love that and guys take notes this is like important <laughs> especially for you business owners um so i think i want to move into the space where you have guide right right yeah. now maybe you can tell us about guide and tell us um about what inspired you to start the platform you know yeah. and how it has evolved because it has evolved it has. um and so maybe just hearing we want to hear more of your heart on that um on why you started that, what inspired you to start that, and how it has evolved and why it has evolved in the recent recent months, I would say. Yes. So Guide is an online magazine that I started in 2014. 
actually. So I started it off as Guide to Celebrity. And it was really inspired by my love for pop culture and the world of celebrity. Hmm. But because of my work in the industry, I wasn't really interested in celebrity gossip or who was dating who. I was really more so interested in the business of celebrity. How do these people make their money mm. and how do they use their influence to, you know, get all these endorsements and partnerships from brands and how do brands then tie into that? Mm. So that was the whole premise behind Guide to Celebrity. And um, I mean, the past two years have obviously shifted my entire being and I think they've also um, impacted a lot of people, really. Um, and I just felt like I'm evolving as a person. I'm no longer that invested in pop culture. Um, and I'm no longer interested in the things that I used to be so in, invested in. Mm. Um, I'm also turning 35. And I do feel like I'm a grown woman. Yeah. Um, I'm really slowing down uh, in terms of my lifestyle. Um, I'm also in the process of getting married. Yeah. So I just felt like, (laughs) (laughs) so I, I just felt like, you know what? I've changed as a person, I've evolved and I felt like the platform also deserved a pivot that would obviously align with who I am and where I am taking my brand as a person. So I'm very, very interested in beauty. That's something that I love daily. And um, also the side um, of taking care of myself. So that's where the wellness um, aspect comes in. Um, And beyond just wellness, but the health side as well. Mm -hmm. I've also, you know, faced so many health challenges, um, you know, in my journey. And I just felt like, you know what, what matters to me in 2022 is obviously looking good Mm. um not just on the outside but also on the inside Mm. so i think that's what the new direction really is about Mm. and what are your hopes for guide what do you what do you see for it in the next year to two years um i have plans major plans uh but i think i've realized that you know I do quite a lot myself and part of taking care of myself, taking care of my mental health is um, seeking help. Mm. So I am in the process of establishing a team that will really help me bring all of these crazy wild, out of this world ideas to life. Mm. So I'm really excited about this journey. So yes, we're still, you know, moving at snail pace because we're still establishing the team but um you'll be seeing and hearing from us um quite more and consistently um but i think more than anything else i want it to be a space for normal women to just you know go and um you know exist and find this community Mm. um you know to get tips on what works for them um how they can you know easily achieve beauty you know both on the inside and the outside Mm. that's what it's about um and you know what i like is that i'm not 
a beauty expert, but we will be bringing quite a lot of those people. Um, I'm not, you know, a yoga and fitness expert, but I'm very interested in learning. So I think I used myself um, as a model yes. for the consumer, people that are interested in learning. So that's what it's about, uh, really, you know, normal women. How do I, you know, achieve a an easy makeup look? I'm going to work. It doesn't have to be the most extensive type of face beat. But, you know, that's the type of content that we want to be able to put out there. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm very big on ownership. I think that's where the entrepreneurial side comes in. So I'm hoping that through the platform, I'll be able to tap into my own brands when it comes to the beauty side. Yeah. I love so that's the long term. The plan. long term. And I love yeah. that you bring a team together. And I think one thing I'm also learning yeah. with Equip and Elevate, I just like, actually can't do this. You, can't, you can't do everything yourself. And I also think for me, I always say, I don't also believe in this whole thing. You can balance everything. Something will suffer. Or yeah. You suffer. One. You burn out. Superhero mentality. No. I don't believe in. Not so anymore. I, yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that, that you're doing that. Cause that's also something I'm embarking on how to build a team around me, just not around me, but around the equipment elevate so that it doesn't rely on me. If I'm busy, it stops. 100%. Um, but yeah. people, and I think that's what's been happening yeah. over the years with guide as mm. a platform. Yeah. So it's always been a stop start um situation because obviously i do go through seasons where i'm extremely busy at work um or seasons where i'm just so down and out because mm. i'm you know going through stuff um but i just don't want things to you know stop um because i'm not around yeah. so hence the importance of um, establishing a team around me to help me manage everything that i'm trying to do i am also in the process of um, you know, creating a fashion business. Really? Yes. I actually yes. wanted to ask you, like, have you have you thought about doing something like fashion business? Okay. Absolutely. Um, it has been three years um, in the making. Wow. It's very difficult um, to mm. create something from nothing. I have learned, and um, I'm also learning to let go of my perfectionist mentality. Because I think that's why I end up not doing anything because I always want things to be absolutely perfect. Mm. But I think, you know, I've learned that you can start and obviously perfect the craft and learn as you move along. Um, it is a brand that I've named after my grandmother. Um, and funny enough, I had started working on it while she was obviously still with us. So she knew about it and she would joke that I need to pay her royalties for using her <laughs> name. <laughs> so I'm very excited, um, about bringing that to life. I think it would bring me so much joy to finally see it come to light whenever that is. But at the same time, I'm also not trying to rush myself, mm. um, um, doing what I can when I can, so I do not have a launch date. Um, and when it's ready to launch, it will launch. I know a lot of people when they see me tagging something, and I'm like, "It's by me." They're like, "So you were tired of this thing? <laughs> when is it finally launching?" Yeah. Um, when it's ready, it will launch. Um, yeah. 
will be there supporting you and Thank ready you so much. Uh, to, to, to support no, the, the new really venture. I really appreciate that. And I think that's been everyone's stance, really. And I'm really, really grateful for that type of energy. And I think it's more than anything, it's consistent with your brand. You yeah. know? So it's not like far removed. You're like, now I'm going to start selling cars. And I'm like, uh, uh, where did this come where from? Where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> this is like so yeah. far removed. So that's very exciting. Um, in closing, this is like closing or departing question what was the best piece of advice you were given there's been so many but Mm. i think the one that i can think of right now is to be yourself Mm. be yourself um, in everything that you do be yourself in your career be yourself in you know outside of your work this is actually a piece of advice I got from my previous um, boss, Sylvester Chilgin. And he used to say, Zoe, I know that, you know, you love pop culture, you love glitz, you love glamour. And sometimes you get frustrated when you work on a strategy that isn't really aligned to that world. My advice to you mm-hmm. is to always bring a piece of yourself to your work. Sure. So even if I'm doing a strategy for a mining company, there'll always be an <laughs> element of glitz and glamour in that strategy. <laughs> yeah. And I think for me, that also resonates very well with being yourself, um, whether it's in the boardroom, whether it's at the mall, whether it's at a party, I'll always be Zoe the doll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think the... I've always been that person. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Be yourself and bring a piece of you in everything you do. I love yeah. that. I think that's something that I also like being in the space I'm in. I'm in the tech space. So yeah. I think that's always, and it, tech space is male dominated and yeah. also an agri. So you can imagine um, bring a piece of myself in everything I do, even when it's not what it, what I want Absolutely. to do. It's so important. I love that. Yeah, Zoe, this has been so amazing getting to know you. Um, I think I've just learned so much, even just going back from your childhood and learning about just even PR, you know, yeah, yeah, I was putting these questions together, but I had to sit and listen to podcasts, say public relations, what kind of questions do I ask this? So I've learned so much about just how, you know, tips for any SMEs and also going back into the work you're doing with guide and the plans you have. So I'm really excited. Thank you for joining us as Equip and Elevate family. We are really honored and we really wish you all the best. And as I said, we'll be ready to rally, to push, to support your business ventures. And yeah, we don't be a stranger in the Equip and Elevate family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll definitely be back, even though I do not like doing (laughs) interviews. But yeah, I had to do this one. Oh. I, I had to do this one. And mm. thank you so much. We appreciate that. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you've learned a lot. Remember, keep listening. Go back, subscribe, all of that. And we love you guys. And thank you for all your support. Bye. I hope you were equipped and elevated by today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved what you heard, please share with others and post about on social media. Remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram, Ayanda underscore Vanna, and on Twitter, Ayanda Vanna. See you in the next episode.